Today is Monday, November the 2nd, and this is episode number 17 of the Khan Wealth Advisory podcast series. I'm Asif Khan, Wealth Advisor with BMO Private Wealth. Well, tomorrow evening should be exciting. That is the conclusion of the U.S. presidential election, or maybe not. There is a lot of talk if a winner can actually be declared Tuesday evening with the record 100 million plus pre-election day votes that have already occurred. There are still a few states whose final tallies could be rather decisive in providing final results, and it may take a few days to count them all. And there's still noise of a contested election and perhaps disruptors who may not want to accept the outcome. Let's hope the election results come in quick and are rather decisive so as to hopefully mitigate much of the potential noise. Though, be prepared to wait a few days to have final results revealed. I will add before closing on this subject that the market really is not concerned about who wins. It just wants a president decided on and does not want to see a contested election or other unforeseen problems. I don't think I need to speak much on coronavirus trends in that they are almost up everywhere. However, the morbidity rates, though slightly rising, are not increasing at alarming rates. So, for today's podcast, I wanted to touch upon something I read from BMO Capital Markets that I found rather interesting. That is, how this past created recession has been different than others. So, here are some of the strangest things about this past year. Number one, personal incomes are up, not down. It's not normal for incomes to rise in an economic downturn. They fell 3% in the 2009 recession and appear to finish 2020 in the positive. At the same time, saving rates have soared this year on pace to average 16% in both the U.S. and in Canada. Number two, housing has strengthened, not weakened. In a normal recession, housing is typically clobbered. We saw that in 2008 and 2009. Instead, home sales, prices, and starts have all come back roaring in both the U.S. and in Canada. Number three, bankruptcies have dropped, not risen. In contrast to every prior recession, insolvency tallies have fallen this year for both businesses and consumers, which might be surprising. Loan deferrals, lower interest rates, and massive government income supports have explained this odd development. Number four, the fiscal response was immediate and overwhelming. The IMF estimates that the worldwide fiscal response was equal to $11.7 trillion, or 12% of global GDP in a mere six months. In a more normal recession, fiscal policy often doesn't respond until the downturn is over. Number five, the monetary policy response was immediate and overwhelming. As with fiscal support, monetary policy set a new standard for rapid response. Learning important lessons from the 2008 crisis, the Fed wasted no time in the heart of the emergency in March, wheeling out all the guns and some new ones within weeks of the shutdowns. Recall that in 2008, the Fed did not get rates down to the lower boundary until December, a full year after the recession had started. The Bank of Canada also nearly emptied its toolbox by the end of March this year, while it wasn't until April of 2009 that it delivered its final rate cut in the prior cycle. Number six, stocks regained their losses in weeks, not months or years. The overwhelming and rapid response by policymakers helps explain how and why financial markets were able to stabilize and repair after the March turmoil. After dropping in March, world markets were mostly back to even by the end of the summer. 
Number seven, it was the deepest downdraft in the post-war era. As an example, Canadian GDP dropped 18.1% in March and April, and even with the spirited rebound since then, it was still almost down 5% below pre-pandemic levels by this past August. In the deep 2008 and 9 recession, the economy was down by less than 5% at the point of maximum weakness. Number eight, it was the shortest recession ever. What this downturn had in depth, it gave up in longevity. In the post-war period, the average recession has persisted for roughly 12 months. We suspect when the final determination is made, this one lasted a mere two months. Number nine, Sector differences were extreme. Almost all sectors of the economy were shut by the lockdowns. However, as conditions gradually reopened, the differences amongst industrial sectors were sometimes extreme. This cycle saw some industries devastated, while others actually benefited on balance. While housing, tech, and some retail sectors have thrived, arts and entertainment uh, were down almost about 50% year over year, and hotels and restaurants are down about perhaps around 30% year over year. Number 10, services suffered, not goods. In a typical recession, stability in the service sector helps to offset weakness in the big ticket goods industries. It's almost as if the world has been turned on its head this cycle, with goods holding up relatively well and services still struggling massively. Number 11, commodity prices held up remarkably well. The Bank of Canada's Commodity Price Index which is weighted heavily by energy, has still managed to rise slightly from year-ago levels. To put this in perspective, the index was down more than 40% year-over-year seven months into the downturn of 2008 and 2009. Strong gains in copper, gold, natural gas, lumber, and some agricultural prices have all provided important offsets to this still soggy oil prices. And last, number 12, the U.S. dollar has weakened, not strengthened. What has been unusual in this is that the U.S. dollar is now on track to weaken this year versus its usual recession behavior of rising as a safe haven demand. On the flip side, the Canadian dollar is now basically unchanged on net over the past year. Hope you enjoyed that list. I found it interesting. To close, my chosen quote for this podcast is from an investment legend, Sir John Templeton. He says, the four most dangerous words in investing are, this time it's different. Here's our corny dad joke of the week. When you ask dad if he is all right, how does he answer? He says, I'm half left. Thanks for listening today. Call us anytime with your questions or comments. My number is 416-725-9133 and Austin's number is 416-709-7879. This is Asif Khan signing off. Be well and have a great week. Hello, are you still listening? Well, howdy. It snowed today. I guess winter is coming, but we should get a bit of a warm spell for a few days this week. My kids are doing great and getting the hang of this new school schedule and routine. We are excited to have Austin's daughter and her husband coming over to our house for dinner this Saturday. 
We're going to try and make a big deal out of it. First time we're having her and her husband over. Each of us is going to make something special for the dinner. I will do steaks on the barbecue. I'm waiting for the surprise dishes that my girls are going to decide upon. And I do hope that our meals will be edible. Chat soon. Be well.